0: Um, so we have one of our elders who's going to come up, powerful man of a God. Um, he's a very young man. Um, <laughs> and he's going to come up. He's going to share his heart with you, and then you will hear from me afterwards. We have a couple more special things before we leave today. So let's go ahead and put our hands together for Mr. Chuck Bastard.
1: okay now it's working okay (laughs) all right I've only known Jesus for about uh, I think it was 1985 that I give my heart to him and it's been a journey gosh it's been a journey it's been a good journey you know getting to know the Lord how he's changed my life how he's changed my family's life uh, he's just a life changer, you know, and uh, so I'd like to welcome you all tonight. For those of you who are online tonight, I would like to welcome you as well. Um, I'm going to talk tonight about Second Chronicles 7.14. I don't know if you've ever heard that verse before. But before I get started, let's just pray for a second. Lord God, we just come before you tonight in the name of Jesus. Yes, Jesus, you're the center of it all. The very, the very center of it all, Jesus. And we pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit be not only with me, but with each person within the sound of my voice tonight. And I pray, Lord, the words that I speak will be truly the words that you have directed me to speak, Lord God. And they will fall on ears that are open, on hearts that are soft, and they will be received, Lord God, as you, as though you yourself were speaking. And we just praise you, Lord, and give you all the glory in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. right. <clears throat> Second Chronicles 7.14 has been the theme here at Rez Life for a considerable length of time. And back on May 31st of 2019, the Lord put on my heart to proclaim that verse with a few minor variations in this church, at this altar, on a Sunday morning. And I'm going to read that to you because there was an emphasis put on it that I didn't really realize until just lately. It goes like this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn, And then it was repeated, and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face. I will hear from heaven, and I will heal your land. And then he said, do you hear me? And then he said again, do you hear me? There must have been a reason. Let's said, I got to figure out where I was at here. Now, Let's see, um, if you will turn your face, if you will turn your face, I will heal you, and I will heal your land. And then he said again, I will heal your land. I will hear you. And I will heal your land. I will heal your land. It doesn't matter how many promises I have made, they are yes in the name of Jesus Christ. If you will receive them, you will. If you will receive them, if you will press in, you will give me glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And then he went on to say, Do you know? Do you know that these walls will not contain what I am bringing to you? If you will press in, these will not contain what I have for you. But you must press in. This will not come through complacency. You have got to seek me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that was the end. When that verse was given, when that word was given, I thought in my mind, this is this is one we're all familiar with. We we've been using this as a template for worship and, and prayer events and things for quite some time. Said, Lord, why did you put that on my spirit today to have this spoken in front of the congregation with such emphasis? And then this was after a very uh wonderful time of worship and so ever since that time this has just been it's been with me it's been part of me it's been consuming me and as time, goes on, as time goes on, my I have been studying, which I do on a regular basis. I've been studying every day, and I keep running across this scripture, and I keep running across more teachings and things. Now, the verse itself reads like this. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. So there was a little bit of emphasis in a few spots on there, but I think the emphasis was where it needed to be. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. Where do we put the emphasis on this scripture? This is Old Testament, obviously, and you had, I have to ask, you might have to ask, okay, 2 Chronicles 7.14 is during the reign of King Solomon. Now we know that King Solomon took over after King David. And, and King David was a godly man. And King Solomon was a godly man. And King Solomon was walking in the favor of the Lord. Okay, so why did he tell, tell so- King Solomon, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen Why did he tell him that? Well... And if you read Second Chronicles at all, it's the story of the rising of Solomon. And at a point, he, he, he uh, comes to God and, and he talks with God, and God, God is, God's anointing is upon him. And he decides uh, actually, King David wanted to build a temple to God and God said no you are not the one that's going to build the temple It's going to be Solomon that's going to build the temple. So King Solomon, he sought all the treasures of the area, and he built a wondrous, beautiful temple to the Lord God, filled with gold and silver and every precious thing that was around there. And it took him a long time to do it, and it cost a terrific amount of money to do it. But he did it, and and he found favor with God. And when he got all done... Uh, when he got all done building the temple, he uh, decided that he would pray to God, which is a good thing to do. They were done, and he prayed to God. And actually, nearly all of uh, verse six is or uh, uh, chapter six is Solomon praying to God. He prayed a long prayer. But he had a lot of stuff to get out, and he made a lot of promises to God and things like that. But then at the end of his prayer, God came down and with fire burned up their burnt offering sacrifice. He just consumed it after Solomon's prayer. And then he said, let me just go back and recap this just a little. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, this is in Uh, chapter 1, verse 7 through 12. God appeared to Solomon and said to him, "'Ask for whatever you want me to give you.' And Solomon answered, "'God, you have shown great kindness to David my father "'and have made me king in his place. "'Now, Lord, now, Lord God, "'let your promise to my father David be confirmed.'" For you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? God said to Solomon Since this is your heart's desire, and you have not asked for wealth, possessions, or honor, nor for the death of your enemies. And since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given you. Now listen, listen to what's coming. He said, Therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given to you, and I will also give you wealth, possessions, and honor such as no king who, ha- who was before you ever had and none after you will ever have. And Solomon was known as the richest, wisest man in the world forever. That's what God did for him. Now, there's a key, I believe, And one is, is that he asked for wisdom on how to govern the people. He didn't ask for material things. He didn't ask for anything else. He asked for wisdom. He knew it was going to be a trial and a task. Incredible, isn't it? All right. After... He prayed to God. God consumed the offering. Then God spoke to Solomon. He said, The Lord this is Second uh, Chronicles 7, 12 through 13. The Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer. And have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain. Or command locusts to devour the land. Or send a plague among my people. This was the command he gave. He says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Now, why did he tell them this? These are the questions I've been asking. Why? What is the source? What is the origin? Why did this occur? You know, there's a lot of scriptures. Now, one of the things you got to understand about this God that we serve is He doesn't mince words. He doesn't waste words. What He says He means and what He means He says. He does not have a vocabulary that's empty. So as we read His Word, as we study His Word, as we read the scriptures, we have to search out why is that word there? Now, I'm going to just take you on a little bunny trail. Okay, in in John 1.1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, now, there's another printing of a, a scripture like this, it's used by the Jehovah's Witnesses. And it says, In the beginning was the Word, in the beginning, okay, let me get it right. I think it word. Okay, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Okay? One little teeny dot or tittle or whatever you want to call I don't know what that proper my daughter could tell you what that word is I can't but it was just an a but it totally changes the scripture the meaning of that scripture and let me just expound on that for a second if that were true then the first commandment of God would not be true because he says, I am the Lord your God, and I will have no false gods before me. There's only one God. There's the Father, the, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. If that were true, there would be another God. That is not true. Can't be that way. Just a thought. So as you're studying Scripture, you need to question the words that are there, why there were, What are they? why they're there, what do they mean, what do they add to what you're already reading, to what you're already studying. Okay? All right. So, God knew, obviously he knew, that the Israelites were going to fall away. This great event that Solomon did he built the temple and 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 uh, all of israel was on board they were excited this this was a and they were doing what they were supposed to do But as time went on, God knew that they were going to be distracted. They were going to fall away. They were going to change some things. Some other teachings were going to come in and somebody was going to listen to them and things would start to fall apart. But he said, if when that time comes and my plagues and my wrath starts to come upon you, this is how you avert the wrath of God is by turning to him. Not turning away, not turning to the world. The world has nothing to offer for you. Nothing. But God has everything. Amen? Amen. All right. God knew. All right. Now, what I want to do is parallel this verse to what's going on. We just had an event this weekend called The Return. Phenomenal event. Phenomenal event. And you know what really blew me away? The verse that God had me speak on March 31st of 2019 was the focal point of the return. This is how our God operates. He gives you all kinds of opportunities, all kinds of advantages to walk and to thrive in His kingdom. He not only tells you what's wrong, he'll tell you what to do to fix it. And then he will recant his decision to bring his wrath upon us. Upon us. But we have to do our part. Amen. All right. The country of of America, of the United States, was founded on godly men. George Washington was a godly man. The men that that wrote the Constitution were godly men. The principles of the people who came to America to discover America were godly people. One of the reasons that they came to the United States was for religious freedom they needed to get away from the tyranny of the of the british government and making them do what they didn't want to do so they came to the to america to establish a new land and then they used the godly principles to establish it and to abide by it and to develop the land and god and, and god favored the land god favored the people as we look at our history, we see that, that everything was done. The Constitution was written on a godly basis. The, the, actually, the first, very first meeting of, of um, uh, the Senate uh, the, and the House of Representatives and the President, the very first convening of them, took place in a church. That's fact. Amazing, isn't it? Those are the roots, those are the foundations that we have. Now, the question that we need to address is what has gone wrong? What has gone wrong? God is no longer a valid part of the government of the United States. He's no longer a valid part of most people's lives in the United States. However, Saturday, uh, September 26th, by the statement of those who were keeping track of the stats for that event, they said there were tens of millions of people who, that were participating in the return event Saturday. All right? So everybody is not lost. But there is about 6 billion people, give or take a few hundred million, on, on the earth. Okay? So everybody did not participate. All right, but what I want to talk to you about tonight is those who did participate and what we must do in order to secure what we just did. The event that we just prayed about that we were amening to and we were were endorsing and and, uh, approving of what went on, okay, what we must do. God is beginning to shake America. And this shaking precedes the wrath. It's a warning. Okay, what are we going to do with it? Valid question. The question, second question is, what are you going to do with it? What I'm going to do with you tonight, I'm going to charge you with a responsibility. And you and I are going to determine what happens to America. Amen? Amen? All right. If my people, who are called by my name, Will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and I will heal their land. If we're going to humble ourselves, it means that if if you've been humbled, it means that you've been brought down. To be humble is to be brought down. To be low. To be under. To be brought into subjection. Whose job is it to humble you? It's not mine. It's yours. It's your your job. Now, to be humble does not mean that you are to allow yourself to be run over and stomped on and used and and people will do that a, a humble person they will tend to use but a humble person is one who knows what their position is and walks in that position Romans 12:3 says Do not think more highly of yourself, but think of yourself with sober judgment according to the gift or the faith that God has given you. I really like that verse. When I teach, I use that verse a lot because it's terrifically humbling. What position, what gift has God given you? One, are you using it? And two... Are you using it correctly? Wow. I forgot what time we started. I didn't check. What time did we start? Pastor? (laughs) Okay, where are we going to go here? All right. to bend the knee hence to humiliate to vanquish do you know what happened saturday saturday there was a time when i'm suspecting tens of millions of people tens and tens of millions of people all got on their knees at the same time. Whoa. Wow. How incredible. How incredible. Yielding themselves, humiliating themselves, if you will, before the Lord God. Wow. That's the beginning. And then he says to pray and seek my face. Seek is a verb. Seek is an action word. Okay, we have to do something if we're seeking. It means to strive after, to ask, perhaps beg, beseech or desire, inquire, to get, to make an inquisition, to procure, to request. That's what it means to seek. You have to go after. You have to to pursue. You have to continue on. Seek is not... If you play hide and seek, remember when you were young you used to play hide and seek. Everybody did. And you know what? You had to pursue that person until you found them or the game never ended. Until you found them. Okay? And sometimes they tricked you. If you remember that, I remember that. And uh, you could not find them. (laughs) All right, but you were supposed to continue and pursue until you found them. All right, are you pursuing God until you find him? And when you find him, have you found all of him or have you only found a little bit of what he has for you? You need to seek Him because God is not like any other being on this earth. There is more and more and more of the Lord God, and as you pursue Him, you would swear that you never knew Him before because the relationship gets more intense and more intense, and you find out there's more and more, and you can't stop. It's, it's like I didn't have anything. What, what is all this that is out before me? Okay, this is what that remi- means to seek And then we need to turn. Whoa, okay, you you sought God, you found Him out, and now He says to turn. And in the word that God gave me, He said that twice, twice, and turn, and turn. Is this important? I believe it's incredibly important because if we seek God and we read his word and we don't do anything with it, if it does not change our life, it is of no value Uh, to have head knowledge of the Lord God and not use it is of no value. You have to turn, you have to put it into use. That's That's what we are called to do. That's what we are required to do. So we need to seek him, we need to turn, and we need to change what's been going on in our lives, whatever that is. I am not here to tell you what your problem is, Linda or Mike. I am not here to tell you. But you know what your relationship with the Lord God is. You know what it is. And if it's not what it should be, it's up to you to turn and fix it. Now, this turning, or this is another word for this, is repent. Repent. And repent means to turn 180 degrees and go in the opposite direction. And we have so many things these days that lead us down the wrong path. It can be money, it can be people, it can be relationships, it can be television. If, if you've noticed, and, and the, the things on television that happen these days are so vain. In 1960, they wouldn't be allowed to put on the television. Now they're, they're common day things and nobody thinks anything about it. Well, what's wrong with that? What are you teaching your children This family over here, they have their beautiful children here tonight. They're learning about the Lord God. They're learning about the values of Jesus Christ. Okay. They're teaching them. They're teaching them, and they're using the advantages of other people to help teach them. Good job. Okay we have to turn we have to turn 180 degrees stop doing what you've been doing if it's not pleasing to God then Hodge said, well how do I know if it's pleasing to God read the book okay read the owner's manual okay it's got all the instructions okay with every little word that we just talked about it find out what it's there for this isn't meant to use as a means of disciplining them, of paddling them and, and causing them strife. It's used as a means of teaching them who their creator is, what their job is here on this earth. Amen? All right. And he says we got to turn from our wicked ways. Wickedness. Wickedness is described in here. and Basically, any wickedness is, is described as anything that's not of God. Whoa. If it's of the world, it's probably wicked. All right? Wow. Wicked, bad, disagreeable, malignant. Whoa, malignant. That's a word we get nowadays. All right? Bad or unpleasant, giving pain, unhappiness, misery, displeasing. Not good value. Worse. Worse than. The worst. Wickedness. Think about what is wicked. We get, we get complacent with that word. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. It's not like it was. You know what? If it was wicked in 1960, it's wicked today. The truth is not changed by whether you believe it. The word, actually, the truth is not altered by whether you believe it or not. Whether you believe it or not only changes how you deal with it. It is not altered. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. He said, love your neighbor as yourselves. John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And he also says that if you love one another, that you fulfill all the law and you fulfill all the commands. Because love does no harm to anyone. And I want to charge you today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, what are you going to do with this message? If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land and I will forgive them. I could slip that one in there. All right, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to turn today and then tomorrow say it's too hard to turn? Are you going to do that next week, next year? And today, I just charge you, make a commitment. Make a commitment to the Lord God. No matter what the world says, do what God tells you to do and stand fast because not only may your eternal life depend on it, but the eternal life and the welfare of the whole United States may well depend on it as well. What we do today, the decision that we make, the fire that's in you to maintain what God has started, this return, this 180-degree return. It's yours to decide today. It's mine to decide. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Let me give Chuck another hand, please. Sharon, coming up with me. Um, there's no need to even um, dig deeper in what Chuck just said. Very, very powerful. He um, put a lot of nuggets in there. You can tell the man reads his Bible. Um, very, very powerful stuff, Chuck. Good to hear you. All right, so Sharon is going to direct us to our next um, segment of our service tonight. Um, It's going to actually piggyback a lot on what Chuck brought to us, the truth and power that he brought to us. So, you know, it's just an excellent thing to have right now. Just imagine the best ice cream you've ever had in the world. is always better with a little bit of toppings on the thing. So here comes the topping.
2: I'll take that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a magnificent move of God. Heaven came to earth on Saturday. How many of you were here for the, for the uh, event? Yes. Amen. Well, I just want to say, I've been in this church since it was a year, about a year old. And one thing that I've really learned here is that our pastor does not allow us to do just anything. He has to be behind it, Right. And, and give his blessing on what we do, we don't just, he doesn't just put things before us because we don't have anything to do on that day. He knows that it's called by God and that we need to partake and participate, right? Um, now, that's what I've learned. He, I've never come to an event and it's just a waste of my time because God always shows up. So I've learned to, um, to be here. I learned to put my life behind unless I'm in the hospital or something else. I'm going to be here for whatever God's called us to do, and I just want to charge you with that and say, come on, church. There were, you know, as prayer minister, uh, the head of our prayer ministry here at church, um, I looked around, and there were 28 of us here at this event. And I think we've talked about it. Pastor has preached about it. 2 Chronicles 7, 14, for months and months and months and months. It lives in us. And he always accentuates, if, if my people, then I will. If my my people, the church, will. We were called together that day. And and you know what? We were called together that day for this event to come before God because we're in serious trouble in this nation. And You know, we're seeing demonic um, activity in the streets of America like we've never seen. It's, It's demonic. It's not just crazy people gathering together to do stuff. They're charged by demons for that thing. The church should rise up, right? All of us. If we call ourselves a Christian, we need to rise up to the occasion, Because God has given us dominion over the earth. We need to rise up. I was really burdened when I went home. And then, Pastor, your voice came to my ears again saying, Sharon, don't be discouraged. There's not room for many in the watchtower. And then God showed me the remnant, how there's just a small remnant that's going to stand, right? And a remnant can be this little tiny piece of material right here. But it'll be some of us who choose to be there. I'm going to choose to be there. I hope that you will, too. I hope this is a wake-up call. God came to earth and shook the earth on Saturday, and we witnessed it, didn't we, Chuck? When Jonathan Kahn came up to give a prophetic word from 11 o'clock till 12 o'clock, he was talking and all of a sudden thunder rumbled, rumbled, rumbled. And it just went, it just kept rumbling for an hour. It didn't quit. And he at one point said, that's that's God, that's not our sound equipment at all. And uh, Jim came up and handed me a note and said, I looked at the radar in Washington, D.C., and there are no storms. There are no storms. God talks like a roaring thunder. And that's what happened. He shook, he shook the world during that hour. At the very end of the event, they panned the camera out as people were leaving, and a rain started coming down. Significant. Amen? It was powerful. But I was burdened. I'll tell you um, that the church... Is not fully engaged. I don't want to be shook any more than I'm shook already. I know it's going to happen, but come on. There's strength in us being here, gathering together and seeking God and praying and on our faces. I walked out in the the cafe at one point when we had a, a snack time, and I looked into Mike Hoffman's eyes, and he had tears. His eyes were welled up with tears. I don't see men crying in this church very often or crying at all. And he said, I never knew. I never knew how powerful this would be. I walked to the cafe, and there was Nicole Baxter standing there with tears in her eyes. And she said, Sharon, I wasn't going to come. I had no idea what this was going to be. And every other person that I talked to were, um, this, struck the same way. It was powerful. The next time God calls us to something, will you be here? He's not messing around. He's not messing around. We're the church. Our church has been through a lot of tough stuff through the years, but we've remained steadfast, and we will leave this earth in glory. We will not relent. We will not give up. We will stand strong, and we will fight the good fight of faith till the end. Amen? I want you to be here with me, brothers and sisters. Our our prayer team diligently prays. You have no idea how they pray for this church and, and for all of you. Somebody's praying for you, whether you know it or not. We're lifting you to the throne room of God. Come alongside us and fight the fight with us. Come on. Give it all to God. Put your life aside and be there. It's it's for real. It's for real. The evil one's not gonna repent or relent. He's not gonna back down. We're not gonna either. So, um, yeah, I want to just, before I forget, say there are still empty spots on our 40-day prayer event that we're having right now. I looked at it today, and there's a lot of places for people to sign up and pray. Um, so I want you to be doing that. If you don't know how, see me after church or somebody that can help you with that. Let's get that filled up and let's pray. My house shall be called a house of prayer. That's who we are. Oh, let's get on it. You know, and, and I, God reminded me of my father when I was a young child, and he used to say to me, Sherry, if I didn't correct you, I wouldn't love you. I would not love you. And I thank God today for that correction because it woke me up, and I, I'll never forget it. And, and so I'm bringing that correction not to people but to the church. Not necessarily to a person that wasn't here, but to the church as a whole. We need some correction. you got to stand up. Thank you for still loving me because I love you. I love you all. Um, Nicole Baxter isn't with us tonight, but she did write me a very, very, very awesome um, thing from her heart to read with you about, about Saturday. And, Nicole, the next time you ask me to do this, don't use font that's this big. (laughs) I use 16 fonts so I can read it from the back wall. (laughs) So we'll get through it. When I first heard about the return event, I figured it was just going to be another Christian event with speakers and music and the same old, same old blah, blah, blah. Of course, there would be good things about it, and it would be nice and all that, but I really wasn't interested in attending. But I was asked to prepare a meal, so I ended up being at the church anyway. I'm very thankful for the TV and the cafe being on because I was able to see and hear quite a bit of the event while I was working. And I quickly realized this was much more than the same old, same old, blah, blah, blah. As I heard different pastors and Christian leaders coming up to pray, one right after the other, I was struck by their passion and intentionality. They were serious about repenting and serious about seeking God. And when they had times of worship music It wasn't just a performance, which is what I expected. These people were really worshiping God. You could feel it. I soon realized that something very significant was happening that day in Washington, D.C. and around the world, especially when you consider there was another huge prayer event going on at the same time, and people were praying in different areas of the city. Literally thousands of Christians descended upon our nation's capital, crying out to God. I could feel the urgency of our need to return to God, to seek Him, to worship Him, As never before. The return event was not what I expected. It was so much more. Even though I didn't see all of it, I'm so glad that I was able to connect with it at least in some way. When Sharon asked if I would share my thoughts about it, these were three things that stuck out to me. Number one, this is serious. We all know our nation is facing a myriad of problems right now. Of course, there is nothing new under the sun, and such problems have been faced in other places at other times. But for many of us, these things are new. I feel like many people are just waiting for life to get back to normal. The truth is, We've been very blessed as Americans, and for so long, we could get by just fine by coasting along most of the time. We just want to be happy and have a nice life. But I believe God is shaking us. He is warning us. We don't really know how close we are to the events of Revelation, but what if normal never does return? What if things get worse instead of better? This is serious, and we need to get serious about seeking God. He's the only answer for our families, our churches, our communities, and our nation. Number two, we are in a battle. Tens of thousands of people participated in the return, and that event was all about warring against the enemy. There was some serious spiritual fighting that took place on Saturday. I have been disheartened over the past several months to see how many people there are, even people I would consider strong Christians, but seem to have forgotten who our adversary really is. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. We are not supposed to be fighting against each other. But we do have a very real spiritual enemy. And he will not be defeated by expressing our anger on Facebook. Amen. And attacking each other. Amen. The battle is spiritual, and it's time to start fighting it with spiritual weapons. The enemy is very serious about our destruction. We must get serious about seeking God, worshiping him, and truly living how he says to live. Number three, we're not alone. There is a lot of darkness in the world, but there are people who love God all around the world, and they are standing with us. There are churches around the globe that participated in the return on Saturday. They were praying for us. They were praying for us. America. We are all part of something so much bigger than ourselves. I imagine a shroud of darkness, like a dark, smoky film, covering the entire earth. But wherever Christians are worshiping the Lord, shafts of light pierce that darkness and the enemy shrinks back. On Saturday, there were light beams going up all over the place. It's exciting to realize your part as something that is causing change in the spiritual realm. The prayer event on Saturday was powerful, but we can each stay connected and participate in what God is doing around the world every day. As each one of us lifts our voice and our heart to God, we join with others and together we're pushing back the darkness. Amen. Amen. So I just want to encourage you in that, that, you know what, united we stand in Christ, and it matters, shoulder to shoulder. We, we've got to pull together. We've got to lay life aside and stop seeking life through our flesh, but live in the Spirit of God. And follow him and let's see that victory, see God glorified in what we do together as a church. That's why he's called us, right? Yeah. So thank you.
3: Hello, family. Pastor, be healed. As I was uh, sitting in the chair down there, and I don't know why Chuck kept looking at Linda and I all the whole time. And then I don't know. You had to know something that I don't or we don't. So I'm going to look at you now. <laughs> As I was sitting in the chair, uh, getting more nervous and more nervous and more nervous because I don't have any scriptures up my sleeve, or anything in front of me, uh, I was told uh, that God would give me the words to speak. Um, being nervous is something I'm used to, being up here uh, on the praise team, uh, which has been 10, 12 years, 15, I'm not sure how many years it's been. has been quite a while. But I always get nervous before I play. And once we start playing, boom, the Holy Spirit hits, and... It doesn't matter. It, it takes care of the nerves. But one thing that I say to myself when I'm up there, if I'm shaky and we haven't started yet, is it's, you're just playing in front of your family. Yeah. And, and this is our church family. Yeah. And uh, I call this Jesus' living room. And so we can speak like we're speaking in the living room. And that's, that's what I'm doing. Um, I say that because I wish we'd have had more people in the living room Saturday. That's kind of where we're going. It, and I'll say that my flesh was I didn't want to get up. I just wanted to sleep in. And I had to mow the lawn. And I had a lot of things to do. And I, I said, I'll leave at 1130. I gave myself a time. Well, once I got here, and uh, let's see, Jonathan Cain, uh, the, the rabbi, when he blew the chauffeur at the, at, the, at the beginning, for me, the Holy Spirit just dropped, boom, and I was hooked. And I don't know when 1130 came and went, uh, I didn't look at anything, I didn't Looked to see what time it was. We finally ate lunch later in the afternoon and came back for a little bit more. And I did leave. I'm not, I didn't stay till, we didn't stay till 6 or 7, or I'm not sure how long it went. But at, at, there was a point in the morning where, in, in the afternoon, where I couldn't leave. There was It would be impossible. It was so strong. And I just feel bad that... Um, not, not there weren't more people in the living room, let's put it that way, and um, that's about all I got.
4: You've heard it say that the event was awesome. But the power and the passion of each speaker had was riveting for me. And you could almost feel about their feeling, about the topics they were talking about. It was that powerful. But when they prayed, I literally could feel the power of God moving through me. And one of the things that moved me, or I should say maybe bothered me, was that as Christians, we allow all the evil things in this world to happen. With our complacency, our attitude that it won't affect me, immorality everywhere. Look, anyone with a cell phone can push a button and see pornography with a click for that button. We've panicked over COVID-19 all the fires out west and the earthquakes, even in Michigan we had one. Uh, Hurricanes, floods, riots, social arrest. Yet we've turned a blind eye to over 60 million babies that were murdered. And there's no other way to state it, they were murdered. Don't you think God's maybe trying to tell us something? He's trying to show us something. But I know that I know that everyone that was attending the return, not just here, but on TV around the world, they were there for the same purpose. And that was why millions of people around the world came together for that one purpose to repent for the terrible sins of the nation and of the world and we can no longer turn our heads away and close our eyes any longer. We cannot do it. It's time for all of us to stand as one voice to fight the good fight of faith to stir up our righteous anger over the sins of the world. We must confess our part and those who don't know better we have to pray for them. There's another thing, and Sharon made mention of it, is when uh, uh, Rabbi Kahn was speaking about the thunder. And I did look on my phone, and there was no storm, and that really struck me as, that's pretty awesome. Now, My wife, who's been here forever, she knew what it was, and I'm like, well, that's good for you, but it, it shook me. <laughs> it, you know, woke me up. And he did say that... Uh, it wasn't sound effects. It was God. It's time for us to walk in Jesus' footsteps and to, and to our best to save our nation and the nations around us. And I believe with all my heart that if a Jesus-following rabbi praying the way he prayed was enough to have God make the sky rumble, that we can do it too.
5: Hello, I am um, here. Oh. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> I'm here because God did such a amazing on Saturday. And as children of him of, of God's, we need to really take hold of what he wants from us and start doing what he's asking of us and not just be quiet about it no longer not just thank God that we're we're, we're all right, that we're doing all right, that we might be, you know, that we have a place to come to worship, but we need to be out there worshiping and praising him so people will see and, and want what we have because we have something wonderful. We have something amazing in our lives if we received him. And he wants us to be that beacon for everybody. And that's what I took away from Saturday was not only is the answer in our prayers, but he's got so many people out there that are praying with us, and that it, we're not alone, but we need to be more together. We honestly need to be more together on our stance with Christ. We need to start choosing what he is asking from us. Right. Yeah. It's a choice. He gives us a choice, and we really need to start making that choice that is what he wants for our lives. Right. and. That's what I got.
6: (laughs) Sharon asked me if I'd do this, and I said I probably will blubber through it because that's usually what I do. Um, From the time the shofar was blown, At the beginning till the last verse of the blessing at the end God was just all over he was all over this place and it wasn't like we were sitting in the church watching what was going on hundreds of miles away we were part of it God was here and somehow because he's God we were all joined together as one. Thousands of people around the globe, we were all joined together as one. He moved. He moved in my heart personally, reminding me of things that I need to be repenting for. Things that, you know, we get complacent. And Chuck talked about God-shaking America, 19 years ago, September 11th, God shook America, and the churches were full, and people were scared, and they were seeking, and then we've, we've forgotten about it, and we've, the country has become evil. It truly has become evil, and now he's shaking us again, and what's, what's our answer going to be? Are we going to be whatever are we going to be on our face confessing and repenting and say god we need us we need you he's calling all of us and what's our answer going to be we're we're responsible for what happens in this election if we're if we're complacent and we say it'll all be okay god's got it we're missing the boat because we're the ones that have to be on our knees saying, forgive us. We're the ones that have to be saying, God, you're not done with this country. I've heard it over and over. And we were born for such a time as this. There's a reason we're here now. So we, gotta, we just gotta pick up the, the mantle and put on our, our armor every day and say, you're not done we're not done. You're going to be successful. You are going to be, you are, we are more than conquerors. What Joni preached on Sunday, it tied in so beautifully with what happened on Saturday. We are more than conquerors, but we can't sit on our duff and just expect it to happen. It's not going to
7: This is not a clay vessel. It is a basket. But one of the things that was brought in during a portion of what we saw at the return was a clay vessel, a beautifully crafted clay pot. And at a point that was appropriate, it was crashed and broken into smithereens right on the platform in front of us. And there was a message in that. There's a few other things in there. I want to get them out. The minute Rabbi Kahn put on his prayer shawl. I was in prayer with him. I sat right over there, and I want you to know, I had a hard time. English wouldn't come out of my mouth. I was speaking in the Holy Spirit. My heavenly language, my Holy Spirit was agreeing with every prayer that was coming. The rabbi put it over his head. You know, this is crafted especially for the Jews, and this came from Israel. But I realized I'd put it in a corner. I have it at my house. It's been in a bag. And I thought, Lord, I've got to pick that up. It's got to be on me. It's got to be over my head. I have to wear it. And I'm, I joined in, and I want you to know I had a special, uh, just a touch from God that day. My birthday was the day before. I didn't care what I did. I was planning on being rested up and ready for the tw- for our return on the 26th I joined Beverly Baxter and I claim that as a new birth in me <laughs> ah my birthday I was born for such a time as this this time in life I'm excited I am so excited and I want I want God to use me and in- however he wants to. I just want to lay it all right here. (laughs) Something else that happened is kind of crazy. I started, I did a lot of writing, but um, I also thought about that horn. This is all I've got. But I decided that shofar, when they played that shofar, and when they all joined in and many were playing it, it was about 36 inches longer than this. I decided I think I have to have one. It's what I didn't get for my birthday. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) You're going to hear it. Um, And I started taking notes. And one of the things, when he read about the last mystery, that this day, the 26th, the day of the return, it was a sacred day. And the Hebrew word for it was Shabbat Shavah, the return. This day was appointed on the calendar long before you and I were here. And it was the word to be read. The Hebrew word to be read was blow the shofar, declare a holy fast, gather the people for a solemn assembly. Lord, have mercy. (laughs) A day appointed, return, return, return. Lord, show mercy on us as a nation. Heal our land. And you know what? I didn't have any problem praying that prayer or slapping myself on that floor either God was with us and in us and a word that I felt like that um, he gave me in my just the morning um, right afterwards was I had a portion of the scripture and I kept reading it and then Sharon shared a video oh and one of them was he he had scrolls (laughs) and so I have a scroll (laughs) And my scroll is written very neatly, I'm sure. Um, but here is the scripture. And it says, For though we, we, we walk in war in the flesh, we're not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. Oh, no, we've got more. <laughs> we have our helmet that Linda talked to us about. We have our armor. Um, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, Physical, natural, but they are mighty before God for the overflow and the destruction, and that word is not overflow, it is overthrow, the destruction of strongholds, and you know what? There's a lot of strongholds, and we're going to tear them down by the grace of God and with his strength.
0: Let's put our hands together for this entire evening. Um, from the beginning of the welcome to the worship song that was chosen to Charles and to every single person who just spoke, there was a theme of tonight, and is keeping God, Jesus, the focus of your life, but not to keep that quiet. Um, it is, it is, you know, a theme, even from the sermon this past Sunday, and I believe is going to be just woven into the completion of what 2020 is supposed to be. Although the world sees it in one way, I believe God wants his people to see it in another. And as we know that we are children of God, we must not only be led by his voice, we shall also see the world in his eyes. And that's what I feel charged on how to end today's service is be reminded that we are supposed to see this world, see people, see this moment through his eyes and react the way that he will react. So that means saying, um, allowing things to die, fleshy versions of you, fleshy thoughts, fleshy things, and allow more of the spirit that's in you, to be the natural reaction to 2020. So I want to pray just to cover us some great stuff. Take it home with you. Rewatch this. Chuck spoke very, very, very well. Um, so keep on. I mean, rewatch this. Spread the word. It's time to be Christ-like in everything that we do. Father in Jesus' name, thank you so much for this day. Lord, we we talked about you. We sang about you. We We declare your glory in the house. Lord, we don't want to leave out here and be carnal. Leave out here and be the same. We want to be different. We want to be aware. The alarm has been spoken. The trumpet has been sounded. We want to be ready for this spiritual battle today and to the last moment where you return to us. Help us to be ready like Pastor has taught us. Help us to keep our nose in the book and praying to you upon our knees, Father, and having the opportunity to be around our people in the house of the Lord. We speak life over everyone in the room and those who are watching. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a safe evening. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Um, Please remember our prayer times. Like Sharon said, we have some slots open. If you need help with that, please reach out to us. Um, And remember your fasting. Fasting's a part of the battle. Please remember that. But we love you, and we see you soon.